Welcome back to episode number 247 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are discussing fans and blowers for industrial applications. We're doing that with Chet White, sales and marketing manager at AirPro Blower, AirPro Fan and Blower Company. And he's based out of Cody, Wyoming. He has a, a ton of experience in fans. Personally, we were just talking before we get on the call. He's probably coded tens of thousands of applications or fans for applications, sold 10, over 10,000 fans, started at a very young age in this area as a background in engineering systems testing, application engineering, and over 12 years experience working with AirPro, fan, and blower. Chet, so before we get into the episode, I'll probably do a bit of an intro, but I'll just welcome you. You can say hi to the audience, or are you happy to be here or not happy to be here? Your choice. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. I am happy to be here. Dust Collection is a primary application that we sell into. So it's cool to get to talk to this audience. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Um, I came across some of the videos that Chet did and that AirPro has published. The first one that I got into was what is a centrifugal fan, which sounds kind of I don't know, simple when you talk about it, but it's actually nice to see a, a nice, well-structured video about it. So we got talking with the AirPro team. So hey, let's come on the podcast and talk about this, what it means for the audience in terms of dust collection, material handling, combustible dust, and kind of go through that. So that's what we're going to do in the episode. Some of the audience will, you know, know a ton about this topic, have uh, recommended and, and worked with many, many, many fans. Um, others will, you know, probably just be that thing with the circle and the triangle and the process flow diagram. Um, and other people, you know, might come across uh, the fan being blamed for an incident after an investigation. And have a really hard time telling, hey, was that something that originated in the fan or is that something that got sucked into the system that happened elsewhere? Um, all three of those kind of folks are going to be in the audience today. And I'm hoping that what we talked through is sort of interest for, for all of those folks. We're going to talk about how a centrifugal fan and blower is used in industrial applications, specific considerations for dust collection, difference between fans used in material with materials in the airstream and material handling, anything we should be looking at specifically for combustible dust. AirPro Fan and Blower does have a bunch of resources on their website on fan selection, pricing tool, a bunch of good videos on YouTube, troubleshooting fan performance issues. Again, those are, are run by Chet there. Chet, to kind of get into it, what's your current role and, and what do you do in industry day? What kind of work do you work on? So I'm a sales and marketing manager and came up with a mechanical engineering background. And so for the first 10 years or so, I, I worked in the applications engineering department. So I was producing quotes for customers and then also troubleshooting issues in the field. That really is the experience that I stem from when we shoot those videos that you were talking about. So what I do now is I oversee our sales and marketing departments. So I'm responsible for continuing to push our company's sales forward. And uh, I also cover a lot of the customer service issues uh, within my department. So that's my specific role. It's very it's very national, international, diverse in the applications, but specific to dust control, I would say that dust collection is the number one application that we sell into. Yeah, it makes sense. And I, going through your videos, again, the troubleshooting video and fan performance issues, the simple one, you got new teammates that are coming on to your plant or site, and they're wondering what that, what that loud or, or maybe not so loud thing is um, that's, that's uh, running the, the pneumatic conveying system. The one-on-one basics on what a centrifugal fan video is pretty good. I'm going to assume the audience has at least, you know, they understand that it's not an actual fan that's different, but beyond the sort of very, very basic one-on-one level, can you explain a bit about how fans and, and blowers 
are used in industrial applications and maybe even what the difference is between those two two systems and how they're used? Yeah, so we have three plants in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And so we have our own dust collection line and our fan sourcing, well, being the source of the energy to move that air. So in a basic sense, you know, we've got 30 to 50 weld stations set up in our factory. And so we have lines that come down and as our welders are welding, they need that fume that's coming off of their welders sucked away. And so they have hoods that come down and our fan is basically providing the energy to suck all these fumes from all these various ports or points. And so the reason a centrifugal fan is used as opposed to what most people think of with fans is the axial fans they're familiar with, the stuff that's in their windows, on their ceilings. And that's an axial fan. It moves air in the same direction. So it enters and leaves in the exact same direction. A centrifugal fan changes the direction. And so it's a higher powered machine. And you need that in these types of applications because you're trying to evacuate gas from a lot of different sources. And so you've got this large duct line and that duct line has a lot of pickup points, twists and turns, dust collection equipment, and there's a lot of pressure to work through. And so a centrifugal fan is a higher powered machine that can work through all of those additional pressures that a simple, you know, fan that you would recognize from your house simply can't do. Yeah, and, that's a you really know, oh, good. You asked about the difference between it and pneumatic conveying systems. Pneumatic conveying systems are even higher pressure than your standard bag house type application. So those types of fans are often very large in diameter and very narrow in width because they're not moving a ton of air per se, but they have to go through a very tight pipe. And so there's a lot of pressure to convey that small amount of air. Yeah. I like the example of um, your guys' manufacturing site. You have the 30, 50 weld pickup points. You have the ducting associated with all those going back to the different connection points that go through that. And the centrifugal fans really what's pulling or pushing that material through. I also like the example used in the kind of basics one-on-one video that I think you said, yeah, if you're in a box first, you'd, you'd need some air in there eventually because you would you would die if you just uh, stayed in the box. <laughs> if you put the box underground, yeah. you kind of explain that you would need ducting, get down to that mine or wherever, that cavern, if you will. Um, and that's mm -hmm. where if you try to stack, I don't know, I, I, I'm not even sure if you, you can't do this, but if you try to stack a bunch of actual fans in that pipe or something, it, it really wouldn't work. You'd need something higher powered which is where the centrifugal fans come in. Right. It either wouldn't work or it would take a great deal of maintenance to make it work. And so having one source for the energy, you know, another, we can, we call the fan the heartbeat of the system inside of AirPro. So because everyone listening to this podcast has a heart, you can recognize what that means. You know, none of your, none of your parts, none of your uh, physical parts work without blood being pumped to them. And in a similar way, the fan is the heartbeat of a system. There's a lot of more expensive parts that are in your system, but none of them work without the gas being conveyed to them. And that's what the fan does. Yeah, it makes sense. And we started talking a bit about the differences between air moving lines and pneumatic conveying. So sort of material moving lines. Let's address the, the fan blower things. That's another thing when, to be honest, I, I'm a mechanical engineer as well, and I did chemical engineering, but I, I'm not a... I'm not an applications guy. I was theory and, and math for a long time and, and uh, 
and got into industrial safety and really the education space. But when you come across the term blower from the outside, you're like, what, what the heck is that? But uh, I mean, it makes sense once you know, but maybe for the, the beginner there, can you just explain what the difference between is between a fan and a blower? So most people think of them as different, different things, but the difference in, in each person's mind is, uh, is varied. So they are interchangeable terms, fan and blower. But just for the sake of the widespread audience, a fan is generally considered to be more of an air moving machine, whereas a blower is usually considered to be more of a pressure, what a pressure moving machine, a higher pressure machine. So it's going to move some gas, but its purpose is, yeah, working through a large amount of pressure to get that gas through. So that's the general difference between them. And is there going to be a difference on where it's placed the term like maybe through a dust collection system, if you're sucking through the dust collection system versus pulling, or is that not really uh, sucking versus pulling versus pushing, or is that not really matter because it's a closed system anyway? It does matter. That's a, that's a good point. A blower is typically connected at the outlet of the fan, which makes sense if you consider the term blower. Blower is exerting energy out. And so it's a fan that's typically blowers are drawing fresh air. So their inlet has a filter on it or a silencer on it that's preventing people from hearing the the loud noise coming from it. But it doesn't have anything else connected to the inlet. And all that pressure is on the outlet. And there's actually two reasons for that. One is that when you're on the fresh air side, uh, you want to have that fan blowing into a high pressure a high pressure system instead of sucking from a high pressure system and the primary reason for that is that you put a lot of stress on bearings when you have it on the inlet side so if you're sucking from a system you've got a lot of energy trying to pull the wheel off of its shaft and so blowers tend to be on the force draft side blowing into a high pressure system okay that makes sense the most common application folks are going to be coming across this in our space. Well, probably both actually. Material handling is going to be one side of it. So we'll cover that in a second. But for dust collection side of things, I mean, we've had had lots of people come on to talk about designing dust collection systems and fan curves and and that sort of stuff. But I'm wondering from your perspective, being the the fan focused person, when you come into a site or when you're called by a consultant or whoever it's going to be that you're, you're bringing in your experience for dust collection applications, what kind of things should people be focusing on and thinking about when they're and they're choosing their fan for the, the system. Cause I can, I can imagine some people it's sort of like an afterthought. Well, just, just go buy one of a catalog, but is, it, is there more to it than that? Or is there some sort of experience yeah. that you've had that, that really should be applied there? Yeah. When you're doing dust collection applications, they tend to not be, I guess, ridiculously high in static pressure. So usually you won't have more than let's say 40 inches of static pressure in the system. That would be a very high static system for a mere dust collection application. They tend to be anywhere from five inches of static pressure to 20 inches of static pressure. And with that lower pressure requirement, and usually they have a higher volumetric requirement because you're you're drawing from a lot of different ports. So you want a fan that's going to have high efficiency because you're going to be paying for all the energy that you use. And so if you place that fan into the system, like into the process before it reaches that back house, it's not going to be clean gas. And so from the fan's perspective, you want to consider where can I put the fan where it's going to be only moving clean gas so I can get the highest efficiency product? Because if you get something in process, you're going to be working more likely from a 65 to 70% max static efficiency point 
versus the clean side, if you're all the way on the clean side, you're going to be working 75 to 81% static efficiency. You gain a lot of electrical savings by doing it that way. Yeah, it makes it makes sense the way you're explaining it there to have the ban on the clean side because the biggest cost, the biggest expense you're going to have is around that efficiency and moving that big volume of air through your whole site um, and all the ducting and, and hopefully not all the dead legs and, and added stuff you've added on, not recalibrating and redesigning your system. But I mean, that, all that kind of comes into to play to figuring that out. Is there also like, we're going to talk about new Mac conveying more material than the, the airline, but even if you have it on the other side of your dust collection system, are you going to have faster wear of your fan? I'll say fan blades. I I'm, again, not a fan guy, <laughs> but the parts and components that exist in the fan, is there going to be more wear and tear if you're not on the clean side as well? Yeah. Depending on the abrasive properties of the dust that's moving through, if you run material through a product, you will wear it out faster. So we see fans that have been, if they're on the clean side of a baghouse application, we see fans that were manufactured in 1960, 1970, that are still in operation today. I personally have never seen a fan that's conveying material last longer than about 20 years. I mean, I guess it could if you really build up the blades with abrasive resistant properties, but that's very expensive as well. Let's talk about that side of things. So moving away from sort of dust collection, which should be lower material that you're moving, I guess it sort of depends on the application, but on a system where you're intending to um, move material through the fan, what, what are the different things you're going to be thinking about there in terms of design requirements and other stuff that you should be thinking about for the fan? Particle size is important. And so if you're moving a long stringy material through, that can oftentimes get jammed. So you want, a, I guess, a reducer prior to the fan. Oftentimes that's a shredder, something that is limiting the size of the product going through, especially when you're dealing with higher pressures, lower volumes, and you don't have a large cavity between the blades on your fan. You can wedge a, a larger volumetric piece into that blade and, and cause imbalance, which can result in catastrophic failure. So that's one thing. Another is the abrasive content in what you're moving through. So how, how is this going to impact the blades? If it's a larger component, like we've moved two by two chunks of aluminum through fans before off of a car manufacturing line. And in those cases, you're doing like three quarter inch thick blades. You're doing chromium carbide or abrasion resistant liners on those blades. And you're really planning for high impact but not, let's say, the continuous impact of, say, a blast booth where you're moving just very fine sand through the fan, but you're moving high quantities of it, and you're spreading that erosion throughout the whole blade. And so in that case, those actually tend to wear a lot faster when you're moving a lot of fine abrasive materials through a fan. So... Those are things that you consider, and then you consider where are the high wear points, that's the blades, and you put abrasion-resistant properties into them. You can either manufacture straight out of that property, or you can overlay the blade with a, a liner, and then you look at the fan housing itself and look at the high wear points, and you can also do wear-resistant liners on those. And is that something, like, with your team with AirPro, if people are looking for this sort of stuff, is that something they should come talk to you guys about? Like what sort of blade designs? Do you guys do modifications or do you just have standard blade, you know, 
standard um, fan systems and this one's got blade that's coated from to tip or edge to edge that that's for those type of applications like what's the you're the applications engineer so i want to pull that sort of out of you a bit because there's i know there's a consultant or somebody working at a site right now it's listening to this or even driving to a site they're going to get on site and the company's going to ask them hey you know what i should what i'm supposed to do here and if they don't know the answer i want them to have somebody to go to to figure that out so what does it kind of look like to figure out these applications and the best approaches for them well that's a great question like we are we are fan nerds. I mean, we really are. I could, I could tell by your, uh, your I, videos again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hire and develop a lot of engineers in our sales department. I mean, we really do love application-specific questions. We consider ourselves to be professionals and experts on gas movement. So that is our primary. That's how we rate our fans is based on how much gas they're going to move, how much pressure it's going to fight through. So that's our number one area of specialty. As far as application-specific information goes, we do love troubleshooting field problems. So if you have an issue that's in the field, say you've been, I got an example from a couple of years ago where a customer was blowing through fan wheels twice a week because they were moving a very abrasive material through it and destroying the wheels every few days. And they didn't really know what to do. They didn't have a fan that was built. It was a material handling fan based on the manufacturer they were buying from, but it wasn't holding up to the load. And we do love getting involved in those situations. We know how to design a thicker blade, put an overlay on it. We look at the exact nature of the failure of what they're currently using. And we'll mitigate that by, you know, putting a different type of liner on it, or we use abrasion resistant coatings on our wheels. So yes, we're very happy to get into specific situations where someone's failing at a higher rate than they want to be. And they want something that's going to last them a lot longer. I kind of, I, I want to circle around to features that you might be considering for combustible dust, but maybe before we get there, I mean, fan lifetime and lifetime of any equipment in your process line is going to be really important. I wonder if you have some notes on um, maintenance considerations or you already gave a couple timelines, you know, you're not going to typically find a, one that's handling material lasting more than 20 years. Not even To me, that even sounds like a long time. <laughs> Are there some general guidelines on what people should be inspecting, performing maintenance, even replacing these sort of fan systems and, and just some sort of general thoughts you can provide on that for folks? The two things that if you want your fan to last two times standard life, you know, if you just want your fan to last as long as possible, monitor the temperature and monitor the vibration. And when I say that there's there's all sorts of temperature detection devices and what you're looking at is the bearings on the fan so the bearings will always indicate the health of the fan itself they're holding the wheel in place so you either have your bearings on the motor or you have your two bearings on the fan shaft if the motor is further away from the fan and connected through a drive assembly so you want to monitor temperature that's first and foremost if the bearings get over the temperature rating of the grease, or if that temperature that's normal for your bearings suddenly changes by 20 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit or something like that, you've got a problem and you want to address it right away because that's what can lead to premature catastrophic type failures. Temperature is number one. Number two is vibration. So fans that run within the vibration specification from your fan manufacturer are just going to last a lot longer. If you're constantly running in the, you know, near the shutdown point on your ISO table of 
acceptable vibrations, you're going to fail your fan faster. So vibration, it tells you a lot about the health of the fan. If you have a vertical vibration, it tells you that there's likely a problem in your connection to the floor. And so you need to check your foundational bolts and secure them. If there's a horizontal vibration, it likely tells you there's an issue with the wheel. The wheel's out of balance and you need someone to get in and balance your wheel. If there's an axial vibration down the shaft of the fan, it likely tells you again that you don't have the foundational mass that's required to support the fan as it's operating. So if you monitor vibration and temperature, it can tell you a lot about the health of your fan, where you need to focus on improving the health of your fan and gain a lot more life out of it. Those two are primary. When you're dealing with material handling applications, you do want to do visual inspections. On clean air applications, as long as you don't have a random <laughs> a random uh, wrench or something go through the system, which we have seen, but in clean air applications, you're less likely to have to pop the access door off and inspect the wheel uh, constantly. But in material handling applications where you expect there to be wear on the blades, it is smart to build in a every few months, take the access door off, inspect the blades, check the width, see if there's any cracks forming, see where the wear patterns are forming, and uh, make sure you continue to do that so you don't run into a situation where the wheel blows itself apart. Yeah, thanks for that. And, and I'm not sure who, but I think you probably just made somebody sound really smart <laughs> if they ever come across a vibrating <laughs> fan. So, oh, that's a horizontal vibration. That's means your bolts are too loose. Or <laughs> I couldn't write down fast <laughs> enough to know which one was which. But uh, yeah, we've, we've I'm a mechanical a engineer too, so I love that stuff. Issues over the years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And let's let's talk about combustible. I mean, some of those are going to play, right? So if you're if you're handling combustible dust in your fan system, and this is something I want to be talking with your with your experts or your consultants or whoever's uh, managing your hazard assessments on your site, um, your risk assessments to figure out if you should even have a fan in the line of handling combustible dust. If there's even supposed to be combustible dust in that line, or if it's supposed to be dilute to begin with, and you have a lot more, like there's there's a bunch of risk assessment things need to go in here that's beyond the scope of this discussion but let's assume that for the the case that we get to a point where we have an application we know there is um, combustible dust that's going to be going through that fan what kind of features uh, i mean maintenance and inspection makes sense you probably don't want to get too hot and the blowing apart doesn't sound all that good <laughs> um, but what you know what <laughs> other kind of features and things should folks be looking at in terms of designing fans for this type of system well the fan is your is your point within the system where there's definitely the, the higher likelihood that you strike ferrous on ferrous material wise. So we have inlet cones that are placed on the inlet of every fan. And I was actually just at a, at a site this week, looking at the gap between the inlet cone and the wheel. And that gap is usually a quarter inch or so between the cone and the shroud of the wheel. So a quarter inch isn't a huge gap. And if you have a carbon steel cone and a carbon steel wheel, you have the potential for them to rub. And if you have highly combustible dusts and you have a rub point between ferrous materials, create a spark, and that's where you can actually have an explosion created by the fan. So that is possible. Now, a fan that's installed well and all the bolts tighten down, that's highly unlikely, 
but that doesn't mean it's impossible. And if you have, you know, combustible dusts, it's highly recommended that you uh, at least rate your fan for one of the many spark resistant ratings. So in the US, we use the AMCA C, AMCA B, AMCA A ratings. Abroad, it's more ATEX specific ratings. And when we use AMCA B, AMCA C, and AMCA A, we are referring to process. So the actual gas moving through the fan. And that's different than explosion proof ratings, which are for the external components like the motor or other instrumentation that's connected to the fan. That's more based on the environment that the fan is placed in. Whereas the internal things, AMCA B, AMCA C, AMCA A, those are related to where is the fan drawing from or where is the fan pushing to. And you basically want to rate so that there's no way that you can ever strike ferrous on ferrous, create a spark that's going to create an explosion from where the fan was drawing from or where it's pushing to. Yeah. So, so I can I... get into the differences yeah. between those, but you know, C is the most basic, your, your fixed components, your non-rotating components that are close to your rotating component, which is the, the wheel, which is running very high RPMs. Your fixed components have to be a non-ferrous material. So your cone, you have to have a rub ring on the inside of the back plate of the housing, and then your shaft seal materials, your plates that are holding your shaft seal materials have to be non-ferrous as well. That's AMCA C. And AMCA B is the physical rotating piece itself. The wheel has to be a non-ferrous material. And then AMCA A, the entire gas stream has to be a non-ferrous material. Yeah, thank you for going through that because it's an interesting topic. And, and am I right to summarize, I, I believe what you said is the AMCA C, B, and A, that's for internal to the fan to avoid basically ferrous on ferrous rubbing. And, and the difference between the three is how that's achieved. And I'd say maybe the degree of reliability between how that's achieved potentially. And then if you're talking about that's explosion, a good way explosion proof it. systems, we're, we're looking more at external things like the motor that's driving the thing or things that aren't inside the shroud housing. I, I don't know what the right word is, but inside internal to the Yeah, you, you have a class division in a group when it comes to explosion proof ratings. Right. And so that's more focused on, again, the environment, the fan that is placed in. So if you have combustible gases or combustible dusts in the room in which the fan is installed, you need your external components rated against explosion. And so you have a division, a class, and a group. Your division specifies whether the threat is constantly there. Your class specifies the type of threat, gas or dust. And then the group just specifies a different grouping of those gases or those dusts. Yeah, it makes that makes sense. So we certainly covered that topic, um, hazard areas classification previously on the podcast. I hadn't thought of, I hadn't realized that's what you're describing. That makes sense now. The motor is in the environment. <laughs> the inside of the fan is yep. already. That's our the definition of what we're looking at. It's it's got combustible dust. That's what we're talking about. So there's classifying them. They're terming the equipment that's needed in both those spaces differently, which which makes a lot of yep. sense. I would mention uh, we did have. Chrissy Clocker um, on the podcast way back in episode 134. So that would have been two and a bit years ago with five, uh, five misconceptions about collecting combustible dust. And one of them, I don't, I think it was number four for some reason, but again, that was two years ago was that the fan started the fire because <laughs> I've seen a lot of 
a lot of incident investigations and even a lot of a lot of hazard assessment reports where they take pictures and you see all these you know old scorch marks those are sometimes different but you, you see the observation of potentially having fires in the fan and then once you close times like oh, that thing's rotating and like you said it's an obvious place to point to to say hey well must have made contact but chrissy's point in that podcast episode and, and the experiences you shouldn't just blame the the, the fan because everything's getting sucked there anyway so if you have a fire anywhere else in your system the fire may have ended up there not because it started the fire but because it sucked it in um, so don't take the easy way out you need to look a little deeper in your instant investigation so the worst thing is if you say you switched the fan say we made it amca a and, and explosion proof and it wasn't the cause you're going to have that explosion again <laughs> some other point down the road right. because it was sucking off a welding table or whatever the issue is that wasn't the fan the fault, fan so. yeah in these types of you know in this type of explosion the fan is the easy target to blame mm -hmm. and i call it the same thing as like if you're reading a cause of death report and you see heart failure on every person it, it's sort of the same thing as blaming the fan. Like, of course, if someone dies, it's due to heart failure. Their heart stopped working. Yeah, there's only two reasons and, you really you die. Know, it's harder, easy harder to blame. Brain. And even brain causes the heart. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and blaming the fan is similar. And so sometimes that is the accurate thing to blame. If the heart fails, you should diagnose it as heart failure. And if the fan struck Ferris on Ferris, it is the source of where your, your fire came from. So getting it right though is is very important and yeah i agree with her sometimes a fan is a source but most often it's likely not yeah this is this has been a really a really neat it took us five years to get a podcast about fans on the on, uh, on the dust <laughs> science podcast um, i've learned a ton i know now more than i ever do which is one of my favorite parts about about running this podcast is um, i've been to every interview <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I get to learn a lot as well Anything you want to close off on today about your experience with fans, industrial handling, I don't know, combustible dust, um, anything you want to leave the audience office before we close up? No, I think you've covered pretty much everything. Yeah, so well, it's, it's been really a thorough one. I appreciate you inviting Every, me on. <laughs> everything from vibration to uh, to uh, what's the difference between a blower and a, and a fan. So it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. Um, no, I appreciate you taking the time, Chet. I appreciate the work that AirPro does. I would encourage folks, we will have a way to connect with you in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 247. Website's airprofan.com. I said they do have some sizing pricing tools on there that are, are useful. If you search for them on YouTube, we'll get a, some of these videos we've been talking about as well. So we'll close out there, chat. I'd say thanks again for coming on. And I don't know, if we get enough questions from the audience, which you can always email me, chris at dustsafetyscience.com, um, about fans, we might get you on in the future again to talk about them again. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Chet White, sales and marketing manager at AirPro Fan and Blower Company. Uh, Chet's based out of Cody, Wyoming, but uh, their team provides fan systems all over North America and all over the world as well. Um, this has been a, a full kind of soup to nuts review of fans and their application. We started on some really basic stuff. What is a centrifugal fan? Different fans and blowers or lack thereof when they have, when you might consider one or the other. Talked about some specific things about dust collection systems. Typically, these are going to be sort of in a middle mid-pressure range, maybe 5 inches, 20 inches of stack pressure. And the considerations there is you're generally trying to increase efficiency. So you want to look at your design because you're moving so much air throughout your whole site. That's going to be one of the biggest expenses here. Design on one side, also a bit on um, you know maintenance and making sure that it's going to have the lifetime that lasts. 
we talked about having materials in the airstream. Some of the considerations come into play here. We're going to be looking at what you're sucking through at that point in time. Is it long and stranded? Is it big chunks? Do you need um, a reducer or shredder or something that's going to make it smaller to increase the lifetime of the fan? Those are all considerations come into play. We talked about application quite a bit, and I, I lost track of the number of variables that Chet brought up, <laughs> but there's a lot. We had uh, we have blade design, axial setup, bearings, bearings. Um, depending on if you have drive shafts and 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 the like, abrasion, design, all that's kind of questions you can bring somebody like them in to talk about if you're having issues and seeing them. We also talked about maintenance. And the two things that Chet brought up were temperature and vibration. So those two things, and I think he said if you want two x the standard life of your fan, then you want to be looking at those things. And he gave some really good information on on vibration. Troubleshooting, I would say probably just call them. Don't try to troubleshoot it yourself, but uh, he gave some good tips there. You can rewind back and pick that sort of stuff up. Um, and we talked about combustible dust as well. What are some considerations when you get into the case where you are handling combustible dust through the fan system? Again, this is where you probably want to be talking with a uh, the person who's doing your risk assessment, if that's internal or external, doing your hazard analysis, figure out is that the best configuration setup to be using. In the case that it is, then there are specific ways to rate the systems, both external to the fan. These would be explosion-proof motors and, and design considerations, ATEX. Um, internal to the fan, ATEX may cover that as well, but I'm not sure. But in North America, we're looking at AMCA, C, B, and A. Uh, we talked about some of the differences there. So that's it. Again, we took 200, and we're coming up on the quarter quarter millennial mark for the podcast. Um, it's the first one we covered fans on, so I thought it was kind of neat to have this on for the podcast for you guys. If you have any questions, we will have a way to reach Chet in the show notes at dustsafescience.com slash 247. As always, I want to say thank you for listening to Dust Safe Science Podcast. We have a safe and productive week ahead, and I appreciate everything you're doing. Industries handling combustible dust, making it safe for the work you're doing out there every day. We appreciate it.